welcome to Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast. Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of brushing the hair of that gorgeous, gorgeous doll that is the catalog of seminal indie rock band Pavement. Maybe pigtails today, maybe braids, I don't know. Maybe just a fucking mohawk. (laughs) That'll keep it easy. My name is JD. I am underqualified and uncool to be doing the job that I am doing, yet here I am doing it thanklessly uh, with uh, open arms. Those two things don't go together, yet I feel um, good about both of them. Week over week, we go through the catalog of pavement, hoping to uncover something anything that will lead us to the breadcrumb trail that is the end of their career and hopefully gather together at their reunion where maybe perhaps if given the chance i'll get to meet malcolmus how are you doing i'm uh i'm okay i just uh picked up a book and on top of the book were some sports cards And uh, when I picked it up, the sports cards went all asunder, and several of them went behind a cabinet that uh, I don't know that I can move. So there's that. Um, I've been listening to a lot of music the last few days. I just finished listening to a great Thurston Moore song. Um, God, what was it called? Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom? It's an acoustic jam. It's really great. Uh, I loved it, but I don't remember the name. I'm bad at this. I'm bad at the name part. You know, that's the electroshock therapy. It's funny. I just told a friend a moment ago through text that I watched the movie MacGruber last night for the first time. And he said, first time or was it erased? <laughs> and by that he means, because uh, he knows me quite well and he knows that several seminal events in my life have been erased from existence forever and it's really fucking weird like the time that i realized last week that harry anderson was dead i didn't know harry anderson was dead and then i was going through some material and apparently i tweeted about it so i guess i did know he was dead like that's fucked that's just so fucked to just not know something that you know you know how are you coping through all this madness has anyone got a vaccine yet? I am uh, I'm pretty much resigned to the fact that I'm locked down till 2022 at this point. They say, uh, they being the government of Ontario, the province I reside in, say that everybody should be good to go by September vaccine-wise. Uh, vaccine I'm skeptical. Uh, call me... Um, Well, call me skeptical, (laughs) but I've already beat you to the punch because I don't know that they're going to be able to execute this. They just seem like they're a bunch of fucking doddering, I don't know, nincompoops. And I I don't know something as strategic as this, logistically uh, intricate as this is something that they can accomplish. So there's that. There is a, a cold front coming in from the north. I don't know if you can hear the wind beating against my window, but it is officially starting to get cold here. 
like cold, cold, like below zero cold, you know, and that's Celsius. That's not Fahrenheit because I know if it were below zero Fahrenheit, that would be much colder. But um, yeah, I had to pull out the big coat, the big guns to take the dog out this morning. And uh, man, it, it wasn't, it almost wasn't enough. They're calling it a polar vortex. Isn't that cool? <laughs> it sounds so cool, but it's downright fucking cold if I'm being honest with you. Um, what else can I tell you? I can tell you that uh, today we are wrapping up. We're wrapping up the fourth album of five. Like, we're perilously close here. Now, we've got three EPs to cover as well. So we're going to go, you know, well into this year. But nevertheless, perilously close to the end. And uh, today we have the appropriately titled song, Finn and it makes me wonder whether or not in SM's head, he thought this was the end. This was going to be the end. Uh, For all intents and purposes, it sort of does turn out to be the end because Terror Twilight, while a great record, doesn't feel as much like a pavement record because you've got the production of Nigel Godrich, which takes it up to a, a level that we haven't really experienced yet. Even though we've had some really steady hands at the rudder um, in terms of production, Nigel Godrich just comes from a different place, and you know the band. And then there's the lack of spiral songs. Uh, it, it really does feel like a warm up, you know, for for all intents and purposes. It feels like a warm up to SM's solo career. So you can, you know, you can guess that this is. This is an aptly titled song, and it would be so shitty if this were the end. I'm glad we got another record. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled that we got another record, if for no other reason than I get to keep talking to you. But um, let's listen to the Peel Session version of Finn before we go any further, and then we'll come back on the other side, okay? Tell me, am I making a fool of 
that isn't there oh boy that's like a that's like a a glass of fine red wine and a and then a punch in the solar plexus when you're not expecting it you know on a night out with the boys where you where you think it's all about table talk gossip and it ends up in a pier six brawl i don't know something like that 
it's uh, chaotic. It's cathartic. It's it's the end of a really great record, and that particular version comes from the Peel session uh, that came out in August of '97. Now, if my math is right, that would be the beginning of the Brighton tour, because when they recorded the record, no, not the beginning, I guess. When they recorded the record, they basically fucked off for five or six months after they were done with the recording. So this would have been when they went overseas and uh, stopped in the UK. They have to visit John Peel because it's just sort of what they do at this point, you know? And um, they put together uh, a lovely set of songs and this was one of them. Now, while doing a bit of research for this record, I stumbled upon a track that I, I can't verify the authenticity because it's on YouTube, but I'm going to play it for you anyway because I think it's interesting enough that uh, we need to listen to it. And it's a live version of Finn from 1984, from a concert in Oklahoma, it looks like, in 94. So the lyrics are different, and it's it's a different vibe it's a a different song but it's there you'll you'll hear it you'll understand it and you'll know it so let's give that a spin right now this is finn on meeting malcolmus a pavement podcast You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if you caught any of the lyrics, if they mean anything to anybody out there, if they are some sort of you know other cover song or something like that. I don't know. Um, I got nothing. 
uh, I just thought it was cool and I wanted to share that with you because, you know, you get this proto version of this song that just explodes when we hear it uh, as the ultimate song on Bright in the Corners. Before we get into that, though, uh, I want to share an email with you that I got from Joe and Shannon. And I also want to allude to an email that I got from a friend named Jason. And uh, I just want to give him a shout out and hope that everything is going well and uh, that his partner is back from Arizona and everything is thumbs up because uh, he sent me an email that uh, was, uh, you know, soul shaking and I really appreciated it. And, um, you know, I I just hope everything is groovy. But this email that I'm going to read to you now is from Parts Unknown comes from our friends Joe and Shannon. And like I say, parts unknown. I don't know where you're from. I like to usually attribute that. But uh, but in this case, I'm going to not do that. And they start, hey, JD. Well, I stopped my afternoon walks during the holidays, and I've just started back up. I'm so happy I signed up for the bonus feed because your pod truly does bring me joy. Oh, fuck. That's rock and roll. Uh, you're a great walking buddy. Well, I wish I could say the same for myself. I've just let myself go here. Uh, Anyway, uh, back to the email. Today, I listened to your episode on Old to Begin, and I had a few thoughts. Hearing Chevy first was great, and if anyone ever doubts what a producer can do for a song, they should listen to those two back to back. Chevy is kind of a mess, in my humble opinion, but what the production team found, the great song inside of it. But the production team found a great song inside of it. I'd love to hear the story of the new lyrics and how they came to be from Malcolmus. Parenthetically, in my fantasy you get him for the last episode oh boy me too that would be that'd be great Uh, as for the meaning i've always thought it was more or less an older person trying to let a younger suitor down easy while rejecting their advances embrace a senile genius who reinvents the wheel that seems like a crush being dazzled by an older man's acquired knowledge they know so much about wine Perhaps this older man has a lot of acquired knowledge. Maybe he's toured the world and is a rock star of sorts. Old to begin, I will set you back, is where I guess I read the overall meaning I wrote of before. I also get a kick out of searching for latent cause, because he could be talking about a lengthening latency period, the time after orgasm that a male cannot get another erection. As we all learn, it increases with age. Tell me about it. The blame could be male menopause, stress and strain, credit cards, or lumbar pain. Such sly brilliance, I think. Last half of verse 3 is him telling her that she'll be all right without him. Your double dare is extraordinaire, and the brilliance of the last line. I know the things you are doing to come back. He leaves the natural rhyme to you, unspoken. But to me, that makes it even more real. Anyway, these were my thoughts as I plotted along. I'm happy to have you there with me. Hey, I'm happy to be there with you. That's pretty fucking rad and uh, badass. You know, that's really cool. Um, I like your interpretation of the lyrics. I have, for the large part, given up on, you know, interpreting lyrics uh, in this podcast. Uh, Early on, I did it all the time. But then I read a quote that was basically like, don't interpret lyrics, <laughs> especially if you're dumb like me. So, you know, I've really pulled back the reins on, on that. And, uh, you know, um, 
I hope that's okay. But sometimes I like to look into things, and I, I like I like the cut of your jib here. I think that you got something uh, there. You know, whether or not that's the absolute truth, it's your truth, and that's a pretty powerful thing. So there's that. The one thing I want to pick up on is the production piece. Uh, last week I told you that I would do a bit of research, and you know, then you made mention in your email about you know what a production team can do for. Uh, a track. And we're really going to get a sense of that now as we listened to the Finn from 1984, and then we're going to listen to the Mitch Easter version. Now, the way I understand it, Mitch Easter was their second pick. Uh, he wasn't their first pick, but their first pick couldn't, couldn't um, commit. So they chose Mitch Easter, and they felt really good about that, though. They felt like, holy shit, this is silver medal? Like, this is great, because they were REM fans. Easter, of course, uh, produced, what is it, the first four REM records, and then the EP as well? I think so. I don't think he produced Document, um, which is 85, but he produced the, the four prior to that, so Life Switch Pageant and murmur and chronic town the ep yeah just you know like he's got it and at this point he was known as sort of jangle pop um you know like uh, that guitar sound and we we hear some of that on this record we hear some of that but what i led to believe is that bryce goggin came in and laid down all the basically Goggins learned a lot from Slant, um, from Crooked Rain, and then Wowie Zowie. And when he had the opportunity with Bright in the Corner, he acted early. So I think he was the engineer, and he spent ten days with the band, or or a week with the band in the studio, laying down all the basic stuff, uh, so that he would have access to it. And then Easter came in. And, you know, finessed everything and did, um, I guess, overdubs and things like that. Now, there isn't, there aren't too many examples of, you know, production quality uh, that are more stark than the one I'm going to play you now. Because I played you Finn from 94, so now we're going to listen to Finn from the finished record that came out in February of 97. And dare I say, it's a masterpiece. And it's it's going against some really good closing songs on records from the past. But this, again, this could have been the coda, you know, on their, on their career uh, as a band. There, it's that powerful a song. And I just want you to listen to it and I want you to pay attention as it as it builds, that solo builds and builds and builds, and then it regresses, climbs inside itself, and we start to have uh, we start to hear it fade out and go away. And tell me you don't get emotional. This is Finn on Medium Alchemist, a pavement podcast. Send me your blueprints ASAP 
No chance in fuck that I'm stepping on the outro there. Boy, that just fades into forever. You know, you can turn it up as it fades down and and keep at it for so long, but it's it's going away. It's gonna go away. And you can't ultimately keep up with that. And that's uh that's real disappointing. Now maybe it's because of my current state of mind, but uh Boy, that really felt like David Gilmore-esque, that guitar solo, uh, you know, channeling a little bit of Floyd there. Uh, that's just to, to my ears. Anyway, I, I thought so. Uh, what do you think? Send me an email, jd at meetingmalchemist.com. I would love to hear from you. So what do you think of this record now that maybe you didn't think before? Have I changed your mind? Has re-listening to it in this manner, track by track, week over week, managed to budget into your top two, you know, where before it was a bottom two? Let me know. I want to hear about your experiences with Bright in the Corners. It's a fantastic record that is not maligned, but just not as guarded, not as treasured it seems, as the three that preceded it. I, for one, love this record and love everything that it represents and does for me. It makes me feel a wide range of emotions from top to bottom. I want to rock. I want to drive fast. I want to cry. I want to lament the uh, the breaking up of my favorite band. You know, there's a lot going on. And it's only going to get uh, dicier as we move forward. From here, we tackle Pacific Trim. And then on to Terror Twilight. So there's that. That's what I have for you this week. It's been a long one. Sorry for taking up so much of your time. Hey, Joe, you got an extra long walk-in, I hope. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Wash your goddamn hands. Meeting Malcolmus, a pavement podcast, is a weekly affair. Connect with JD at JD at meetingmalchemist.com. Please support the pod by rating, reviewing, or sponsoring us at meetingmalchemist.com. And hey, I'm social. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at meetingmalchemist.